Welcome to the Montana Real Estate Podcast, where we will pull back the curtain and answer all of your Montana real estate questions. Buying and selling real estate in Montana can be challenging, and local knowledge is the key. We will explore the different areas of the state and educate you on issues that play a role in Montana real estate transactions. This podcast is hosted by Will Friedner, a broker with Glacier Sotheby's International Realty in Whitefish, Montana. Now, here's Will with today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 9 of the Montana Real Estate Podcast. This is your host, Will Friedner, and today we are going to talk about FISBOs, or For Sale by Owner is what that stands for. Nowadays, everyone is trying to save money and sell their houses on their own. And this is great, and you can save money this way, but you can also get yourself into a lot of trouble if you're not sure what to look for. So in this episode, we're going to go over all the things, or many of the things you should keep in mind if you're going to buy a for sale by owner, and everything you need to look out for and just be aware of. So the first thing you need to check into is the price they are asking for the house. Many people are very emotional and when it comes to selling their own house, and they base their house on how they think their house compares to their neighbors. If they're not using an agent or somebody that can look at all the comps, they're strictly going off of, again, what they think their neighbor's house that's on the market or may or may not have been on the market or may or may not have just sold recently, and they compare it to their own. And it may not include bedrooms, square footage, anything like that, which what a real comp would reflect. Sellers often get very emotional with what they perceive the value of their house is. And I've discussed this in previous episodes, but sellers always think that their house is way better than any other house in the neighborhood because they have all the great memories there. Their kids took their first steps there. They had Christmas mornings there. They had their graduation parties there, etc. They've had their life there, and that's what they're basing everything on, whereas you'll have no emotion like they do on it. So even though you may think the house is perfect for you, you need to do some research on the price. Again, the reason you need to think about this is unless you're going to pay cash for the house, an appraiser from the bank is going to come out, and they're going to put a value on the house. And if they say that the value is lower than what you've agreed to pay, Now you have a situation with the seller. At that point, they can either agree to sell to you at the at the new price that the appraiser came up with, or you'll have to come up with the difference before they will give you a loan. For example, they're not going to lend you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a house that appraised for two hundred and thirty, even if you qualify for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Because basically the bank is buying the house and you're paying the loan on it. So they want to make sure that they can get rid of the house if you quit making your payments and they have to foreclose on the place. You may think, no big deal, but the problem is that the bank will be charging you for the appraisal. And these appraisals, can range, they range from either $600 up to $1,000. And I'm sure you don't want to spend $1,000 on a house that you're not even going to buy. So again, this is something that you can negotiate. And when you write up the purchase agreement or the buy-sell agreement, you can ask the owner to pay for the appraisal or help with the appraisal if it comes in below what he's asking. If he's so confident of his price, he should be willing to agree to pay for the appraisal or help out with it if it comes in low. Because if it does come in low and you've agreed on, say, 250 the deal's over unless you can either come up with the $20,000 or if he agrees to come down to the 230 or whatever the appraiser comes to or comes up with for a price. So this brings me to another point. 
Always remember that everything in this deal is negotiable. You should hammer out every detail you can before you get too far down the line with the sale. Because the last thing you want to happen is that you're a couple weeks away from closing and something comes up that's going to cost money to fix. And this is where many, many deals fall apart. And obviously emotions can run very high if the seller's half moved out of the house and then you start asking for repairs or a reduction in the sale price because of something that came up. Doing your homework at the beginning is huge. Another big thing to keep in mind, they are not using a realtor. They've probably not filled out a property disclosure form. So when I or any other agent lists a house, Normally, we'll make the people, the sellers, fill out a seller's property disclosure form. And what it is, it's a document that discloses everything that they know of that's that's wrong with the house. And the document covers everything about the house and property. For example, if they put a new roof on three years ago, if they remodeled the kitchen, if they've ever done any repairs, it will also have them disclose if there was ever a water leak or any other kind of damage to the house, if they've ever had to treat the house for mold or for radon. All these things are on this sheet, and if they haven't filled one out, obviously you don't really know what's going on with the house. I'm not sure if you'll even remember all the things you need to ask them. Keep that in mind as well. I'm not accusing anyone who's trying to sell their house on their own of lying, but if they don't have to fill out one of these forms... They may forget to tell you about something that could cause problems in the future for you. Keep this in mind. And this is where an inspection becomes very, very important. You may hit it off with the seller and you may totally trust the seller, but you have to do an inspection. There's just too much money riding on the purchase of a house where if if you don't do it, you'd be crazy. And there are so many things that could be wrong with the house that will turn into your problem if you don't do an inspection. And depending on the size of the house, an inspection will probably cost you around $400, but this is the best money you could ever spend. That $400 could save you thousands of dollars and future repairs of things that the inspector might find. Another thing that I would ask of the seller is what is their motivation or you know why are they moving? Are they having financial troubles? Do they just need to move for a job? What the actual reason is for their move? Because if you think about it, if someone's in desperate need to sell the house due to financial troubles, they may be more likely to quote forget to tell you something that may be wrong with the house. And I'm not saying that all for sale by owners are dishonest or that they are all trying to screw you over, but it would obviously be in your best interest to find out as much as you can about the seller because you're investing a ton of money in in their house. And if they have nothing to hide, they should be very open about their past and anything that's happened to the home in the past. So another thing to do some research on, if needed, is the water situation. In Montana, water rights are a huge deal. So if you're buying a place on a larger piece of land, you really need to look into the water rights. The last thing you want to find out is that you don't have access to much water or you're going to have to pay somebody for more water if you are if you have a horse property or you want to grow something or whatever the case may be. Check on your water rights and you can call the local DNRC office and they'll let you know if there's any rights that are registered to your property or your well or if you're buying land or property that's on a lake or a stream you can't just pump water out of it without the proper water rights keep that in mind 
Also, if there's a septic system, this should this should be addressed as well. And you should go down to the sanitation department and get the septic permit for the house. If it's an older house, there may not be a permit at all. I've run into this a few times. And if that's the case, some banks or loan programs aren't going to work and cause problems for you. But if you can find all of this out in the beginning, you're not going to be out all the money for the inspection and the appraisal just to find out something came up with the septic that won't allow you to buy the house. One other thing with the septic that you should look for is once you get the report, it'll tell you the size of the system. And the systems are approved for the amount of bedrooms in the house. So if someone's added onto the house, the septic permit might be for a three-bedroom house, but actually the house now has four bedrooms. And this can also be an issue with some of the loans. So check on that. And in the future, when you go to sell your house, this is going to be an issue there as well. So all of these things should be checked on up front. Another thing that could happen if there's issues with the with the system and, and the, the permit doesn't match up with the house as far as size or if there's a permit at all, if you ever have to do repairs on the system and you go down to the sanitation department to get a permit, they may require you to put in a whole new system that can handle the extra bedroom or whatever may need to be done in order to give you a permit. This won't be a cheap project. I mean, you're looking at at least ten grand just for a new septic in most cases, if not more, depending on the area, of course, and how big the system's going to be. Remember, every house is different, and there are many, many things that you need to check into. The main thing you need to keep in mind is just do your homework on the things I talked about up front. All of these things can be negotiated before you get too far into the deal, and it will save all kinds of money and time and heartache if you negotiate these things up front. And the last thing you want to do is spend a bunch of money on inspections and appraisals and then find out that something came up with one of these issues. When you're doing the negotiations with the person, this will also teach you a lot about the seller. You'll be able to figure out what type of person he is, how agreeable he is, or if you think they're hiding something, or how much you should trust them going forward. So this is all up to you. The more work you do up front, the more that you're going to benefit. And if you're thinking of doing one of these for sale by owner deals, or if you're in the middle of one of these deals, feel free to contact me with any questions and I'd be happy to help. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That concludes another episode of the Montana Real Estate Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you will join us next week for our next episode. If you have any questions or would like to know more about this episode, please feel free to contact me at montanarealestatepodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at montanarealestatepodcast.com or if you want to call, you can call me at 406-249-1735. We'll see you all next week.